0: Welcome back, Uh, Stay Outstanding Tribe. I'm so pleased to have here today in the studio, Justin Cunningham from Shift Your Results. Justin, how are you doing, buddy?
1: I am grand. Uh, Just came off a a week celebrating hip-hop in my old hometown in New Zealand. Um, Yeah, so apart from doing what I do now in the past, I've been uh, pretty... Well, I've been actively involved with hip-hop for 34 years. So I started rap battles in my own country and uh, it was fun. I did a keynote down there and dropped some knowledge on the on the youth and uh, yeah, it was a blast and, and, and very inspiring.
0: What was it like sharing that knowledge with the youth?
1: uh well for me it was very cathartic very therapeutic because you know you spend a lot of time contributing to things and quite often you don't get your flowers you know so um and and of course you don't do those things so you do get flowers but when you've been contributing for a long time it's just nice to be recognized seen and witnessed and and also to kind of um you know through the keynote that I delivered you know kind of tell people about the ups and downs and the feelings of feeling like you know it wasn't working, you don't fit, you're an outsider or whatever it was, and and how through, you know, really kind of belief and self-actualization, you know, a lot of unreasonable things can happen. And that's actually what the theme of the keynote was, unreasonable.
0: Unreasonable in a hip-hop world. Yeah. What is unreasonable in a hip-hop world? <laughs>
1: Well, again, you know, I'm a white guy doing essentially you know black culture and black music, and you know I know it's kind of more accepted now, but you know in most countries it's it's pretty much seen as the music of the indigenous, mm-hmm. the music of of people of color. and and there's a lot of emotion tied to that and a lot of ownership. and you know, this is ours. this is one thing we can control, one thing we can dictate one thing we can own separate of any type of hierarchical sort of system that they're in and so you know you must treat that community as sacred and that space is sacred and and you know really come with a, a an open heart and the ability to listen but you know one of the core tenets of hip-hop is about show and improve like it doesn't really matter where you're from or where you're at it's like don't talk about it. Be about it. And, you know, I think that those sort of attitudes are a beautiful thing for how I think most communities and societies should be based. Who cares what your your gender is, your height is, your skin is, your sexuality is, all these boxes. Like, who cares? What are you contributing? What is your magic? And and And, you know, what are you doing with it?
0: You know what I find absolutely fascinating there is how, like, music can just bring people together. You know, there's no confrontation, any of that kind of stuff, no judgment. It's just literally about being there in the
1: moment and connecting with the music, right? Oh, yes and no. I mean, I think as a consumer of music, I think that's definitely true. I think that to say that there's no judgment involved in music, when you're on the inside of creating music, yeah, there's plenty of judgment. You know, because for a lot of people, music is healing. And it's healing. And so therefore their assumption is the premise is that there's some wounds. Well, when we act out of our wounds, we tend to be, you know, prone to judgment, prone to overreaction, prone to inflammatory behavior and inflammatory comments. And you know, particularly hip-hop is kind of seen through a marketing lens. You know, most people, when they say hip-hop, they immediately think of things like gangster rap. and what, They don't realise that rap is not hip-hop. Rap is a part of hip-hop. Hip-hop is actually a community, and the core tenet of hip-hop is peace, love, unity, and having fun. Whereas if you if you believe the marketing message of rap music, you think it's, you know, uh, big guns, tits, and bums. That's what you think it was. <laughs> you know? so so you know so it's um so yeah there's a lot of artists are are essentially very sensitive people and that level of empathy is the reason why they can create such beautiful art but also it's a healing modality in lots of ways and some of those people can heal through it and some of those people don't and so it's a again it's a pretty sacred space and you know i'm just blessed and lucky to have been a part of it and and uh, again, I saw some incredible talent that's just world class. And uh, I, I literally told these kids, I said, if I see you doing another local gig, I'm going to kick your ass because you're amazing. You're all that. And you need to get out of here because, you know, the world's waiting. Because um, I was that kid. I was from that, you know, half a million people town, thinking, I don't know if I'm good enough. And I found out I'm as good, if not better than most. And, the only way I did that was again by being unreasonable. So, so yeah, it was a really fun journey.
0: Um, it sounds so fun, um, and to have been amongst the crowd, and uh, I love how you say, you know, getting that little bit of recognition. It's, it's not that you need it, right? But it's just nice to have it. Um, oh, I can, very, I can imagine sharing the wisdom.
1: Yeah. I mean, I might come up. I'm a strong personality. So, you know, again, I've had people that really love me (laughs) and people that struggle with my directness and, you know, that's just, that's okay. That's who I am. And, um, but, you know, there were times when, you know, certain things happened that were, you know, affected me emotionally and I was really disappointed that I didn't get certain opportunities. And, and so to kind of let all that go, drop all that stuff and, and, and also be so witnessed by so many people that were impressed by what I shared and what it meant to them and, and all that sort of stuff. You know, yeah, again, very therapeutic, very cathartic. And, and uh, I, I, I feel, I'm right now feeling extremely calm and balanced in general. And whilst, yeah, it was a big few days and I'm, I'm a little bit tired, I actually think it's mostly to do with the fact that I just reconnected to what matters for me um so that was a yeah it was a beautiful time
0: yeah i love that as a as someone that's you know been through a few more years than our younger selves it's like you go on a long journey or a long work journey you know things seem to uh take their toll a bit more than they used to <clears throat> i remember the days of going out to a party and then rolling straight out of bed into a meeting or into a to university uh situation um wow that's just so intriguing for myself and for everybody else listening to hear you like talk so passionately about hip hop and you obviously got a lot of experience there so it's it's really awesome
1: um yeah i mean I've, I've i've you know again i've i've played around the world i've played about seven countries i've done stuff in you know germany uk usa Asia, Australia, New Zealand, and um, yeah, I still have more to offer, you know, that was one of the things that really came away from that, which was, uh, I was just watching something on TV, actually, and it reminded me that who we think we are is just a story, so, you know, and, you know, and I'm, and I'm sort of, I think this this week has really made me sort of realise, okay, are you happy with the journey that, the, the story that you're telling about who you are and if not then let's find a new story that has a new identity <laughs> so yeah it's been a been a, a really eye-opening experience so yeah thanks for letting me share about that
0: no problem um I, I was gonna move off but you left it on such an amazing no. point I'd love to continue to just explore that for a moment which is the yeah. <laughs> People that haven't been on a transformative journey don't really understand what it means and then, they're therefore often scared about it, right? Like the unknown. And, you know, you can see this transformation happening in front of you, feeling it's happening, and now you're determining which way you want to go kind of thing, right? Um, There's obviously no right or wrong, but just how does that transformative journey feel? Because you've obviously had a shift before, you know, you're the Mm -hmm. shift your results guru. Um, Mm -hmm. So in your own life, because this is such a personal thing now, it's not, you know, I mean, I guess your personal, your program is personal too, but this is now, I feel like a more personal transformation.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I do drink my own Kool-Aid and, You know, the reality is is that beliefs form behaviours and behaviours form outcomes. And, you know, so so many people are trying to learn how to succeed and they don't check into what their belief systems are. They don't necessarily check into their intuition. They don't check into their emotional, frequent vibe with what they're doing. And so they're really processing everything through their conscious mind. And, you know, trying to be right, and what I've discovered is, is that right is irrelevant. Effective is everything. And you determine what's effective. So, you know, for example, before I went to Christchurch for this event, I was like, oh, I don't know. I've got stuff on. I'm hustle, hustle, hustle. I didn't know this trip was coming. So it was a bit of a pattern interrupt in my brain. I went. And I surrendered to whatever was going to happen. And as a result, in my body now, I don't feel that anxiety. I don't feel that tension. I'm reminded of all my genius and brilliance and magic and other realms. And I'm like, ah, I was living in my head. I was totally disconnected from these other things that bring me joy. And so, you know, clearly in business, people can always talk about the pragmatic and metric terms and all that sort of stuff, which, of course, I'm trained in. That's. That's obvious, but what I have discovered is that the majority of people, and I'm talking 95% of people, even when they achieve those metric goals, are still not happy. They're still not content. They're still not joyful. They're still not completely enrolled and they're not embodied. And so you know, my mission with my work is to not only help people be fully expressed and to really understand what they need to do to empower all the good stuff, but also for them to give themselves permission to honor all the things that matter rather than to like prioritize, like, you know, money comes first because i got a mortgage to pay. Okay. Good story. (laughs) But quite honestly, uh, whether you do, or you don't have a mortgage to pay, if that's your attitude, you will suffer because if you think money is somehow going to resolve your internal uh, stuff, (laughs) Uh, you're sadly deluded. And if you talk to anybody, whether it's and and again, I have many times, I've talked to millionaires, I've talked to billionaires, and they all say the same thing. Uh, And interestingly, when you do talk to billionaires, they don't talk about the mechanics of things. They don't talk about money. They don't talk about systems. They don't talk about processes. They talk about vision. And because that's ultimately what they know that with the right vision impact is made mastering mechanics does not change the world uh having a certain amount of money does not change the world and it certainly won't leave a legacy it'll leave some impact don't get me wrong but um yeah i mean this is a pretty big subject i won't go too deep into this rabbit hole because yeah but i mean for me personally which is all i can do I can only speak about my own journey i have done a lot of radical and unreasonable things you know so I know the truth about facing fear. I know the truth about, you know, what luck really is. And luck to me is not when preparation meets opportunity. Luck is when passion meets opportunity. And, you know, and I look at somebody like you who's clearly gone through, you know, some similar sort of journeys to me, and you're you're still pushing yourself into the red zone. You're still doing physical challenges. You're still, you know, creating new ventures and new pathways. And that takes bravery. It takes self-awareness and it takes, you know, whimsy. You also have to dream. You also have to give yourself permission to play. And if you can do that, because play is ease and ease is excellence. And excellence means generally you're going to get rewarded well. But most people don't connect those dots. They don't see that. They think working hard equals success. And in my um, experience, that's not true.
0: It's um it's so so interesting because we could open up a whole nother minefield and a whole nother discussion. Um, I feel, but we're trying <laughs> try not to. Um shift your results. I know that having read some customer reviews and having talked to you, like shifting your results isn't just literally about shifting your results It's much more than that, right? Like, so as you just mentioned, the whole time game, right? There there, there is a sort of strategy to the game and the strategy is not more hours. The strategy is what you put into fewer hours to create time.
1: Yeah, exactly right. You know, what is effective? You know, because when you actually study, say say something like the 80-20 rule, And for people that don't know what that is, it's a thing called Pareto's Law. It means, it essentially suggests that 20% of what you do produces 80% of your results. Now, here's the scary thing. If you 80-20, those 80-20 results, that means 4% of what you do creates 64% of your results. And the more you study that work... (laughs) Yeah, people are now starting to kind of realize it's more like 95.5. Most of us are kind of filling up our activity with stuff that's not transformative, it's transactional. It's again, I'm working for hours for dollars, all that stuff. And 5% is transformational. So if we truly want freedom, we have to give up that, that belief that if I learn more, I'll earn more. If I hustle harder, one day this will happen, I okay, go, no, because if you're hustling harder at something that's ineffective, it doesn't make it any, any less ineffective. Um, you know, so that's, that's the thing for people. But again, you see, like even as I said before, you know, hustling harder does not lead to success. Guaranteed, someone's listening to this going, mm-hmm. rubbish. Because that's such a strong conditioning statement that's been drummed into all of us. But it came from a previous generation. Post-World War II, communities were based on rebuilding. So the idea was you get a job, you help, you contribute, you rebuild, work hard, and we'll get it done. But as we all know in this age of technology, the current children have got 2,000 years of information at their fingertips within 15 seconds. And it's like, well... It's a completely different way of looking at things so there's no limit to my knowledge base um, which is both empowering and overwhelming at the same time and so the problem is is that the idea again that knowledge is power is being refuted because if i've got all the information in the world to be successful why aren't i and that comes back to what we said earlier on which is about you know going inward with your beliefs and what you know to be true for you and trusting in that. Because if I know all the world's information and I still haven't made it work, then perhaps that's not the guiding light. The guiding light is inside. And that is something that is quite foreign to most people, particularly in the Western world. Um, And so, you know, so there is sort of an esoteric spiritual type element to this and, but it's really universal. It's just a universal truth.
0: So this is such a fascinating topic. If you're able to see that shining light, as it were, uh, through a transformational journey, how often do you re-enable yourself to have transformation? Because in theory, we could have transformation all day, every day, if we questioned what we were doing, where it was coming from and the process that we were seeking to undertake the action through. Um, You know, I think if you reviewed with that shining light that you're talking about every action, particularly in the shift, your results world, where, you know, you're really looking for those results in a much shorter time, um, Mm. collapsing timeframes is the reality. So, could, could you do that in every action?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, theoretically, it's possible. But the problem is, is that the brain is driven by our mirror neurons. Our mirror neurons are seeking familiarity and safety. That's the way our brain is designed. And so everything is derived from that. And what we're talking about is counterintuitive to our natural way of being in the wild. For example, if you're in a community, you know, you don't stand out because then you're easy to be picked on, victimized or or attacked in nature. Whereas in business, that's exactly what you've got to do. You've got to stand out. You've got to be different. You've got to say something. You've got to have a stand for and stand against statement. You've got to have something that your tribe will go, oh, yeah, he's like me. And so that's quite counterintuitive. And I mean, I have a great example of that, you know. (laughs) When I was 17, I was in the second to last year of high school and I was a skateboarder and an edgy dude and a friend of mine said, look, I want to, I'm going on a hair show. Would you look, would you let me cut, dye your hair? I was like, yeah, okay. And at that stage, I was really into Billy Idol. So he gave me a Billy Idol haircut. So, you know, I was like, yeah, Billy Idol's cool. I'm going to be cool. Everything's going to be cool. Well, it didn't work out that way. You know, I went to school. And some people dug it, but I had lots of people just absolutely giving it to me about this haircut. Now, it's a small town, you know, not very radical, conservative, relatively conservative place. Even having a teacher in the front of 400 uh, students say, I think Justin Cunningham's hair is gross. And all these kids looking around at me and laughing at me. So I was totally wounded by this. Now the irony is, is that those very people that turned around and mocked me for the uh, for the stand haircut now come to me and say, "How do I stand out?" <laughs> so it's the duality of things, you know. Like, and that's the thing, you know. You see so many coaches, for example, that they've gone through a troubling time, and then they become a coach in that very thing. Oh well, I went through a bad relationship. Now I'm a relationship coach. Oh, I went through addiction. Now I'm I help people with addiction. Oh, I did this, and now I have. And it's like. That's very interesting to think that you go through an experience and suddenly you're an authority. I think that's a very interesting assumption to make. And it shows that identity is so important and drives us so hard. As I said, I I, I had previously been, for example, a skateboarder. I was a top five skateboarder in my country. skateboarder with Tony Hawk, all that stuff. So that was my identity, skateboarder Jay, you know. And then that started dissipating. And then it was like, okay, and now I'm a manager of businesses. And by the way, all the time I was doing this hip hop stuff. So there was this hip hop version of me too. Now, then my body started failing me. Okay, so I'm not a skateboard guy anymore. Then I was getting older and I wasn't like, you know, cool to, to be doing hip hop stuff. So I'm not hip hop Justin anymore. So then I was coach Justin. And you see, there's all these identities and the way that people kind of perceive themselves, like I say, what's my story determines what we will and won't do. And so for me, I find that I, I like to help people light fires. I like to help people reveal their magic and light fires, you know, to be seen and to fuel their hearts, you know, because it takes a lot to step into your fear. And clearly you understand that from doing physical challenges now is that you know that on the other side of this challenge, whether it works or it doesn't, there's magic. You don't know what it is yet. You just know there's magic. And that is something that I really want to try and show people that uh, I've got a saying for this actually, it's a quite a good one, is that if there's fear, it's near. Like Fear is the portal, you know, fear is the portal. It's like, if if you're scared of this thing, good. This thing is big enough, exciting enough, and enthralling enough for you to be scared because you got to remember that in the body, they manifest exactly the same way as excitement. So right. just flick that switch from fear into excitement, and something, you know, transformative is coming.
0: If it's in the way, it is the way,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one, too.
0: Yeah. Um. I really like that. Yeah. I mean, facing your fears, It's what's quite interesting is how conscious you are about that fear. You know, like, I don't know, when I went swimming, most people's irrational fears are sharks, right? They like think deep sea sharks. And that wasn't what I feared. It never... I'm not going to sit here and lie and say it never came into my head. But, you know, all that time in the ocean, something's going to come across your head at some point. But I had the awareness when it came into my head to say, okay, this is some, I don't know, idea or thought that's been put into my mind by, you know, the sales and marketing of the 80s, right? Like, this is not actually the reality. Like, sharks don't seek humans to kill and you know it's like that idea is just crazy so i uh i really think like it's got such a big way of like transforming if you have the awareness of that fear uh for instance my greatest fear of the swim was actually not making like not making it all the way to france i, I swam from I swam from England to France. So, um, and it turns out that I didn't make it, by the way, Justin. Like, I made it 16 miles out of 22. So, you know, my greatest fear kind of came true in many ways. But actually, for me, the proudest kind of moment was actually making the decision to say, okay, I'm going to retire now. Like, you know, it was my conscious choice. And I did it because I had a injury and um, the water was getting cold. So I was getting hypothermic basically. Anyway, we're going a bit off track now, but the point is, is that I absolutely went about it with the intention always, 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 always of absolutely making it. Now you can attempt many things in life many times and never actually do them how you first perceive them. So what I'm saying is, is the, Goal metrics moved right like I still won I swam 16 out of 22 miles yeah. um most people keep telling me they couldn't swim 16 minutes
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I, I I love that I love what you're sharing um you know there's another saying that I, I came up with a few of these when I really reflected on all these radical things I've done is that you know you might not get what you want but you'll get more than you expected.
0: Well, it's what's really interesting is when you're willing to open up that mind yeah. and see things differently, your experiences immediately become different. And when yeah. you have those different experiences, they lead to different results in your personal life, in your business life, um, all across the board, really. So shift your results. How do you kind of like get people into this immersive, conscious world?
1: Well, as you can hear, I've been a bit of a radical dude, you know, skateboarding and hip-hop and all these kind of edgy things. And I started battle raps in New Zealand 22 years ago and staged the first international rap battle in the world, New Zealand versus Australia, in 2003. And, you know, I did a lot of crazy stuff. And... So facing fear was kind of, and it was also a bit genetic to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and I'm from a family of five boys where, you know, of course boys are gonna egg each other on to do crazy things. And and then once I'd gone through the skateboarding and the hip hop thing and I came out the other side, I started learning behavioral modalities like NLP and, and you know, started seeing the combination of my experience with this ability, ability to create transformation for others. And all the while I'd been managing businesses And then doing sales training for large businesses and stuff like that as well. So all of these things sort of started merging about standing out, about sort of being a bit radical, facing fear, transformation versus transaction, all this sort of stuff. And so I started synthesizing it more and more and more. And I realized that actually the theme of my life was this word shift. You know, when I'm on this, when I'm on a stage, I rock the mic, I'm shifting the crowd. You know, MC, the, another metaphor for MC is move the crowd. You know, when I'm on a skateboard, clearly I'm shifting. I'm shifting space. I'm shifting energy. I'm doing all that sort of stuff. When I'm training people, I'm shifting their results. I'm shifting these things. So it was just like, I was like, yeah, I love this brand name because it really means I can do anything under that banner. And I'm a multi-potentialite. So for me, I don't want to be in a singular conversation and so i found that this quite you know empowering and i initially i started out really doing more sort of life coaching and because that was i'd always been a pretty good communicator and sort of was pretty good at breaking down the way communications are effective or ineffective and then as time went by i got kind of caught by the marketing bug you know, you learn about life coaching and then all of a sudden it's like, "Well, so how am I going to market my life coaching? And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, you go down this rabbit hole and direct response marketing and copywriting and all that good stuff. And so then shift your results. Now really, you know, one of the primary programs that I have is a program called STAR, which stands for Standout Transformation Accelerator Results. And it's really a combination of all the things that I enjoy. So I love creating content and design. Um, I've been a clothes designer and stuff like that in the past too. I love doing that. I love helping people present effectively and to reveal their magic in such a way where it's a no-brainer why you would engage with them. And I also, you know, love working with people on, you know, as we, as we spoke, you know, what's the most transformative, tactical, strategic thing you can do to create, you know, the greatest outcome? Um, and so I put all those things together. And so that's kind of... You know one of my primary products at the moment but it's um again i'm constantly looking to honor myself and also see you know what the market needs and and, you know right now the market is you know doing it tough around the world the model has shifted but i've seen it before so this idea of for example with service providers offering premium one-on-one services or even premium group coaching it's, it's, it's ineffective to a, to a large degree because what I've discovered is, is that there's a sort of a misnomer that if I learn this thing, I can do this thing. No, I, I've discovered that's a complete myth. Um, that to me, if you try to do it yourself, that's a scarcity mindset masked as resourcefulness and your ability to implement is good luck. You've probably got a 5% chance of that happening. Uh, and in fact, I know that statistically, but I'll, I'll talk about that later. And also, if you get somebody to do it for you, it's never going to embody you. If you get someone else to write all your copy and do all your stuff, that's great. But it's never going to actually reflect who you are. So, my, so I'm almost going the opposite to the way the real model going. is going. I do it with you. I co-design, co-create, co-collaborate and co-implement all of these things so that you get it done because if you don't finish you don't implement and you don't stick with it you've wasted all of that time all of that resource and certainly our relationship so if you're a coach and you truly are connected to the idea of results well you know don't talk about it be about it i love
0: that i love that um I just love this conversation. I mean, it's so interesting because mindset is everything. And I think, like, when it comes to results, like, there are so many people out there that have always been, well, are doing the same things they've always been doing and therefore getting the same results, right? And in order to get different results, particularly in a world that is, Moving quite quickly and moving in perhaps different places than we thought it might. like you know you've got to adapt. you've got to be willing to try new things like the eighty twenty method is big in that because um, Larry Marshall describes it as the shotgun. and uh, you know every time you crack the shotgun, you're you're trialing uh, a, a new strategy or a new formula or a new behavior or a new offering, right? So, From a strategy point of view, I think it's really important to not sit still, like you say, but keep offering the best of what you have to offer by having your content also slightly transform, right?
1: Yeah, and that's exactly right. And honestly, you've got to keep asking questions. The quality of your questions determines the quality of your outcomes. So as you say, if you keep repeating the same question, well, then you'll get the same outcome. So you have to be prepared to go deeper. And here's what I find. Humans are attached to security. And this includes chain consultants and coaches and teachers and all those people. So I don't really want to do something different. I don't really want to have to face the reality that my teaching actually doesn't create results. I don't want to face that because I'm getting paid. And people believe this. And, you know, honestly, I'm like, well, that's cool. But you are a liar. So... Because you don't measure, if you don't, if you say I do this and it gets that and you don't measure, you're fraudulent. It's as simple as that. And the majority of our, of the, you know, especially information marketing and stuff like that, unfortunately, that is the case. Um, And, you know, and if you actually study most coaches, you will find that 5% of their clients have success. And those coaches will tout those testimonials everywhere. And that includes me. But 95% of those people don't succeed. Now, that's not because of the coaches. Because all relationships are about, is this win-win? Like, you know, the amount of people that have hired me to do things for them, help them with stuff, and then they don't show up. They, They sabotage themselves. They you know, over and over and over and over again, and then they want to blame you. It's amazing. (laughs) It just never ceases to amaze me. So, you know, there's a lot of interesting dynamics going on there, but I fundamentally believe most people cannot learn, create, and implement effectively, especially if they're already in the business of delivery, in their own business. That means you took them from one job to four jobs, and said, you can do it, and that's just um, it's just not feasible.
0: Yeah, I think, Justin, you make a really good point, is that it's more than just like buying into the online marketing, right? It's really about finding somebody that, you know, talks from their own experiences, has been through those transformations and can show you those results, not just a marketing mechanical machine that's been put together by somebody operating as a business, right? There's two real different kind of, I guess, scales of coaching here. And um, I think what you and I are talking about is really getting away from the mechanical and being much more all about your results uh, for your clients. Like, you know, for... The people that follow you for the people that believe
1: in yeah yeah you. i i love where you're going with that because if you think about it all uh consulting businesses or when you're trying to figure out how to help somebody you follow you know essentially a, a doctor's type methodology or assess diagnose prescribe right so if i was just to look at your numbers and i go well you know, what's your budget per month? And someone says, oh, it's 50000 a month. So what are you doing? And they say 10. They go, okay, cool. You've got a $40,000 gap. And then I go, okay, so how long has that been going on for? And they say, oh, a couple of years. You go, okay, 24 times that. Okay. So, you know, how do you feel about, you know, that much money? And they're going to say, ouch. I go, okay, cool. Now, I could get them emotional. I could close the sale, but it's got nothing really to do with what's going on. So, but if I said to them, So you've you've clearly had this budget for a long time. Why Why have you got that budget? And to use hypnotic language, if you were to know, why do you think you can't get from where you are to where you want to be on a monthly basis? Now, whatever they say next is their belief. Not the truth. It's their belief. And you will find all sorts of gems just sitting there. Now, if I was looked mechanically at their marketing and sales, sure, I could find all the things. Okay, you need to fix this and fix this and fix that. But it's much faster for me to look at their beliefs and to go, you know, well, I want to get that money, but I only charge this much money. And I go, why? Put your prices up today. I can't do that. Why not? Well, because people in my space don't do that. So you want to be like everybody else. And you see, immediately I'll just test their assumptions. I'll do value-based reframes. I'll show them that their map of the world is actually what's limiting their potential to step into this dream that they've got. And that unless they realize that, you know, their map is not the territory, they're going to be stuck forever. And I've done that many, many times, very fast conversations, 15, 20 minutes turns into six figures, you know, crazy because, you know, I remember I had a classic example of a woman in a design business, a, a very a successful one, but she's like, well, I'm just stuck in it. I can't do the, you know, the classic work on it, not in it, you know, because the, 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 the business won't let me escape. And I said, okay, so what's the problem? Oh, well, everybody wants their work done yesterday. Okay so you know what's to stop you from charging for rapid service because clearly if everybody wants their work done yesterday then that means they should pay a premium for that i can't do that everybody in the design world does that ah so again limiting belief okay so but do you care about what everybody else is doing or do you care about your own business well i care about my own business okay well what's to stop you from asking a question And actually what happens, if you say to somebody, if I come to you and say, I really want this stuff done fast, and I say, yes, but as you can appreciate, this needs—I, I will now need to put other people's work behind you so to maintain our reputation and our standard of work, there is a small premium for that. Now, you're not holding a gun to anyone's head, but what it does is it says, if you want me to extend myself, then you need to extend yourself. Our relationship needs to be win-win, not you win and I suffer. So she fought me and oh, uh, uh, and she ended up creating a rate card, which was very funny. And it was Godspeed, Warp Speed and Light Speed. And this increased her average sale by, I think it was 32%. And that enabled her to step away from the business. So that was a conversation about one belief that took 20 minutes. Within seven days, she created the rate card. And within that seven days, she'd increased her average sale by 32% by addressing one belief. So that's an example of how fast that stuff can happen. Um, and, yeah, and to be honest, it's not complicated. Um, but, again, most people are in their head, they think, I don't know enough. I'm not skilled enough, I'm not talented enough, I'm not working hard enough, I'm not enough, I'm not enough. It's like, no, that's not not it at all. You're actually not paying attention to who values what and why. And as a result, you're leaving loads of money on the table and you're making it really hard.
0: So, so fascinating. Um, We could talk in depth about this for a very long time, I'm sure. Um Justin, if people want to get to know you and know more about you and your programs, how can they get in touch with you?
1: Oh, I sort of spend the most time um, probably on Facebook at the moment. So just just Google my name, Justin Cunningham, and, or, or Shift Your Results, and you'll find me there on, on Facebook. Um, but my websites, I have a, a couple of websites, but the primary website is ishiftresults.com. Um, and, you know, you'll see a few different things there, a few different opportunities. But, yeah, on social media, we can get into a con- conversation, and, and and I welcome that. You know, I'm not somebody who's like, I've got this amazing tool that you should have right now. It's going to change your life. I'm like, no, let's find out, you know, where you're at, what you need, what your gap is, and if you've been struggling for a long time. Like my, my tagline with my business is I help frustrated rock stars go big. So, if you kind of feel like your talent doesn't equal your results and you've kind of heard some truth tonight, you know, in this conversation, then I I would welcome you reaching out to connect with me and let's see if there is one of those little fulcrum moments that really changes everything for you because it can be a lot easier than you think.
0: Awesome. Well, so much. uh, Thanks so much for your time and for sharing your wisdom. Um, It's been a great conversation. Um, Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Gavin. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the content and got any value, please do like it, rate it, follow, subscribe, and leave a comment. You'll find us across all the social media channels YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. It's been my privilege to host you today. I'm Gavin Scott. Until next time, stay outstanding.